Alms for the poor blind man. Alms for the poor blind man. <laughs> nah, not really. You wouldn't catch a blind man in an outfit like this. This is sweet. No way. Oh, I tell you. In fact, you're never going to catch me begging. The thing is, people beg me when they're giving me money. That's right. You know, and sometimes they are not able to pay what they owe. And so, you know what? Sometimes I got to keep a hold of some things until they're able to pay. Like this stick from the blind man down the road. Yeah. Hey. He'll get it back when he pays me what he owes. Oh. I tell you, you know, it's, I know that you're probably thinking it's cold to think that way, but you should have my job. It's, in fact, if you did have my job by now, you'd probably be cold. I don't just mean in your heart, because if you don't do what the bosses want, you're on ice, plain and simple. That's just the way it is. But that's, that's where we're at. Oh, speaking of where we're at, this is my establishment. That's right, right here, a fine establishment, business. This is the Customs House of Capernaum in Galilee. Yes? Now, I suppose technically it's not my business. Uh, it is... Uh, Shall we say it belongs to the man? You know what I mean? The man. Uh, I, oh, how, how rude of me. I forgot. I forgot to introduce myself. My name. I just greetings and solutions to all, right? I just want to introduce that my name is Levi, son of Alphaeus, at your service. And. This is my story. Okay, who's first? Who's first? Step up, state your name, occupation. Okay. That means you owe this much right here. Uh, how dare you question how much you owe? And how, how dare you question me and how I came up with that number? It's pretty simple. Anyone with half a brain would know. I can't even believe this. Listen. Let me help you here. You take 47 plus 22 divided by 3 times the square root of 144 to the third power. Why are you not following this? What is your problem? Listen, yeah, I suppose you could say this is new math. And guess what? Here is your new price that you owe me now. Oh, please don't give me your sob story of six children. You should have thought of that beforehand. Come on. Oh, I'll tell you what. I'm going to be a nice guy. I'll be a nice guy. And uh, how about you just pay me 80% of what you just made? Uh, and that, at least get us started. Hey, I know what some of you are thinking. I, I, and some of you are like, Listen, this is all legal. It's all legal. I just ask for a, a, a little bit more than what the government requires, 
After all, I've got to make a living. And see, here's the thing is, is if the, the government doesn't care. As long as they get their share, it's my head on the chopping block. And that's why I don't think people get this. It's my head on the chopping block, not just with the Romans. my head on the chopping block with my own people, the Jewish people who are having to pay the taxes. I'm taking all the risk. I think I should be able to make some money. It only makes sense. You know, I know what it's like. I grew up with nothing. And that's why you've got to make something of yourself in this world. No one's going to give you anything. You've got to take it. Take it. And write your own story. I've got dreams. You know, I've, I've thought, oh, Lord, you made many, many poor people. I realize, of course, it's no shame to be poor, but it's no great honor either. So what would be so terrible if I had a small fortune? Why, if I were a rich man, Diva, 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 dum, all day long I'd biddy, biddy, bum, if I were a wealthy man. Oh, come on. Back to work, back to work. Okay, Next. Oh, this fellow. Oh, let me tell you. Never, never on time. Never has his stuff together. Never. You think he would learn? I think I'm going to have to... Uh, I, Everything I've done hasn't worked, so I'm going to have to talk to him a little differently. Come here. Come. I'll tell you what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. You pay me now what you owe me, or you pay me in prison with your wife right there and your children's soul. Capiche? Good. Now, pay it. Count it out. Okay. Good. Good. All right, we're good now. For now. Have a nice day. See? I told you he'd come up with it. I knew he'd come. I mean, come on. Just need a little motivation. That's what a lot of people may seem heartless, but, you know, it's not like I would do that to his wife and children all the time. I mean, it has happened on occasion. I don't know how many times, but, you know, hey, I'm not trying to be popular here. Uh, trying to get everybody to like me. In fact, nobody really likes me. Not the Jewish people. Not the, you know, I'm doing the Romans service. You think they've, no, 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 no. Disgust, disdain. That's just, you know what? That's the way it's always been in my life. That's my story. It's never going to change. I was never popular even when I was young. And some of these people, the way they treated me, that are around this place, that now, you know, goes around, comes around. Why should I care about them? They don't care about me. Besides, somebody's got to do this job. I mean, just think about it. Somebody's got to do it. I'm a sub-agent of the, the IRS, the Israeli Revenue Service. Uh, well, technically, it's the Romans, but uh, it's, just, it's just not good. Uh, and, and, can, I, can I just... It's just between us. I don't think people realize how 
ruthless in operation these Romans are. I mean, I may look bad, but they don't realize how much I am sparing them from a greater kind of thing that the Romans want to do to them. It may seem bad, but I'm doing what I can just to kind of keep them from the worst of it. And then I get all the abuse. Yeah. We're, you know, in my day, we're considered cheats and liars, leeches, extortionists. Yeah, all out for ill-gotten gain. People can say some pretty nasty things, even if some of it is true. You know, uh, but, 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 but then they say uh, tax collectors are traitors. Betrayed Israel, sold our soul to the devil, Rome, who saved us all. I think they're just a bunch of haters, right? That's that's it. Jealous. I got money. I'm making it in life, right? I got it. I got power. It's all good. Uh, At least that's what I tell myself. I say it's all good. But... You know what? I, I I don't know why it comes up now, but I, I just I talk a good game, but I got to tell you, my life is lame. It's not a dream; it's a nightmare, constantly on edge. Sure, my bank is full. My heart is empty. I keep myself busy at work, just kind of pouring myself into the work, so I don't have to deal with life. Except that then in the the late part, sometimes you got to sleep, and in the dark, I'm left with my thoughts alone, alone again. There's got to be something more. Which is why, with this Jesus coming to town, it stirred up something, something within me. Perhaps He can can change my story and the way it's been going. Uh, it's not that I'm an unbeliever. I know the religious leaders would have you think that I'm some deserter of the faith. I'm a Hebrew. I believe in God. I know it. Yes, I may not always show it. But I look around and so many don't anyway. It's not real. There's a bunch of religion going on. Even the, the leaders, the religious leaders, they're more concerned about their tradition than the truth of God's word. Which is why this Jesus seems so interesting. Not just the miracles, but his message. In fact, let me, let me tell you. There's, there was this one time, Jesus healed a paralytic. That in itself is a good thing, but the God thing was this. He said to him, your sins are forgiven. Now there's something I can get behind something I think I need. And it's in that moment that this tax collector became a fact collector about Jesus, everything that I could find about him, and whether he truly was from God, whether he truly was the Messiah, that would not just bring us peace, but would bring me peace. And so in searching for proof, I didn't just look at the miracles. I didn't just listen to the message. All of that was great. But I wanted to know what God said about this man. And so I looked into the Holy Scriptures. 
Yeah, I may surprise you. I'm educated, rich enough that I can do such things like that. And I began to look up and see the prophecies of the Messiah that was to come. I, I would write them all down as someday, probably something I should share with people. But it, it just was amazing. You start with seeing that this Jesus was in the line of David. Go back and, and check out his, uh, his genealogy. You can trace it all the way back. In fact, born of the virgin, Isaiah says in 7, chapter 7. Or born in Bethlehem, he was to be, and he was. Micah 5 tells us this. And, and then traveling to Egypt, Hosea 11, and even that horrible thing that happened with Herod and killing of the children Jeremiah 31 spoke of even looking at John the Baptist Isaiah 40 and I could just go on and on of all these things that are just you start putting the pieces together and you see the word of God says about Jesus and it adds up as someone who's really looking for the bottom line, it adds up. Jesus is the Lord. He is the one. But I realize that it's not enough just for me to somehow believe the cold, hard facts, you know, calculated out just in my head. But there was something that needed to change in here. I needed to take... The step of faith to trust him in some way. That Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior. Not just the Savior, but my Savior. And, and you know what happened next? This is almost hard to believe. What happened next? Jesus himself came by my booth. And he said to me, come, follow me. I didn't know what to think about that. I'm amazed that he would even think about me. Someone like me that he would call. No one's ever wanted contact with me, let alone to be concerned. Or It didn't take long to realize that just the compassion, but the love that changed me. changed me I was not the same person I, I, I became uh, something different I, and, and, and I didn't even go back to the old life and everything I mean let me just give you an example All right, the disciples together you know we needed a treasurer right I mean somebody had to take care of the money and expenses and things going on and, and, and when you think about that who would be most qualified among all of us that would be me Obviously, you know what I did? I, I didn't want any part of it. I, I, I didn't want to be tempted again by, by the, the greed that had taken root in my heart. Besides that, I, I was concerned that the, the other disciples, I mean, I know we've all changed. We've all become different in some way, and, and we recognize the power of God and what he's done. 
what Jesus has done for us, but I, I didn't want there to be any questions of impropriety or, you know, I was attacked. Some of these may, guys have had some uh, dealings with me. I just didn't want that even to come up. And so, you know what? We, we thought about it and we, uh, we gave the job to Judas. Judas Iscariot. Um, I'm sure he'll do fine. He seems like a, a trustworthy fellow. But, you know, I was ready to follow right then and there. It's amazing. Jesus said, come and follow. And right then and there, I left my old life behind to start a new life with Jesus, which meant leaving behind my work, my livelihood, leaving behind that desire, and not just desire, but the riches and all that it would bring. And, and following Jesus To do that meant that I had to do that. Following Jesus means that you, you, you make a 180 degree turn away from where you were going and start walking with Jesus where he wants to take you. I did just that. Followed him in, in, in any way that I could think. It was amazing to, to, to see the things, to hear him just to be with him as he gives a fresh start a clean slate in fact jesus and the others began to call me by my greek name matthew yeah uh, well i mean think of it simon peter right even a little later there was saul who was called paul it wasn't that different in fact really when i think about it my matthew that name means gift of God. A gift of God that I had received. I've experienced. I, I don't know if you've done that. I don't know if you've ever really uh, reached out and received a gift of eternal life from Jesus. But it begins a whole new story. A whole new life. Yeah, and one of the things I was before, uh, I, I got to admit, it's not hard. <laughs> I was selfish. Keep things to myself. Well, my greatest treasure now, Jesus, I was not going to keep to myself. And so I wanted to see, how could I tell my friends about Jesus? Well, technically, I didn't have friends. Uh, they were people who were like me, you know, other tax collectors. And then I suppose there are a few people who like me because of my money. But I, I wanted them to know about this. Jesus, how could they not, how could I not share that with them? And I realize they're probably not going to go hear him in the synagogue and go listen to Jesus there. So how do you do this? I, instead of them going to Jesus, I'm going to bring Jesus to them. I'm going to throw a big party. And I did. Just a huge party. And invite, invite them all. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? In fact, I, I, what's the best that could happen? Just to let them know about Jesus and let them meet him for themselves. It went great. It really did. Although, I think I may have caused Jesus a little bit of a problem with the religious leaders because he's talking about how he liked to eat with sinners and tax collectors. <laughs> right here. Yep. But after all, he said, hey, it's the sick who need the doctor, not those who think they're healthy, Right? So here's the thing, after following Jesus for a few years, 
all the miraculous things and the amazing uh, things that took place. All of those things that, uh, of what he did. I mean, things were going great. They really were. And then we all sat down for the Passover meal. And they started going downhill fast. You know, it started with Jesus talking about how he's not going to be with us. The people were going to turn on him. He's popular. How could, that, how could they be turning on, turning on me? I mean, just last week, parade. Hello. Oh, I, 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 oh. I mean, and I could go on all more biblical prophecies that he's fulfilled. He is really the one. How could not anybody see this? But then Jesus dropped a real firebomb. He said, one of us was going to betray him. And then we'd all be scattered. Oh, oh. Uh, fortunately, Peter, you know how he is. He just spoke right up what most of us were already thinking anyway is like no way no way never deny you never never turn oh, uh, you know it, it is we would die for you jesus well i thought maybe that would help but as we went off to our usual spot to pray at the mount of olives jesus still was like He's just down. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to put it. He just, there was just something like his heart was heavy with, with all this. And, and he went off by himself to pray. But we were, of course, going to be praying with him, so to speak. And yeah, yeah, we fell asleep. In a sense, just left him alone in his prayer. Suddenly, we were awakened by a, a, a noise. I was awakened by the noise of swords and, and, and opening my eyes, seeing these torches lighting up the night sky. It happened so quickly. I felt like it was just kind of like a, a, a dream, a, a nightmare, if you will. I was confused. You know what was going on? I got scared. It was dark. And, and as they came with the darkness, I, along with the rest, ran off into the darkness. And left Jesus alone again. I got a thousand excuses. I mean, think about it. I'm a tax collector. Not exactly somebody that's going to, you know, be on fighting terms with anybody. Besides that, Jesus told us not to fight. That his kingdom is not of this world. But then he, he got contemned. Uh, the, the, the court, I mean, it was ridiculous. I don't understand how this is happening. I mean, here's Jesus. He's the miracle worker. He, he walked on water, literally. And somehow he goes from being arrested to being convicted and trumped up charges, lies. And somehow, Pilate and Herod get together to condemn him to death. Pilate and Herod haven't been together, then who knows? Uh, never. This wasn't happening. It just does not add up. And yet after the beating and the mocking, they led him up to a place called the skull. 
top of a hill, Golgotha, where he carried his own cross. I, I couldn't go. No, I didn't go. You may be thinking, I know something, I was hiding, like the rest of us, hiding from the Romans and religious leaders. But you know what? Mostly, I was hiding from my own shame, from myself. Now, I, 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 I wasn't there, but I, I wasn't far away. I could, could kind of see and, and listen as the crowd reached the top of the hill. And despite all the noise, with everything that was going on, when... When I looked over towards that way in the, in the direction, suddenly I could hear the sound. Of the nails being driven through his flesh into the wood. I was that far away, all the noise, and yet I could hear it. I think the whole town could hear it. I think the sound of that echoed through all the ages. I see in the distance the three crosses. It was hard to tell which one was Jesus, not because I was so far away. The reason it was hard to tell is because they had beaten him practically beyond recognition. But it's clear he was the one in the middle. Middle between two common criminals. He'd done nothing wrong. He didn't deserve us. If anyone did, I did. I'm not just talking about my past as a tax collector. I, I, it's just the present. My life doesn't add up to what it should be. What am I going to do? Hope is gone. Heart ripped out. And right about then, the ninth hour came. It, 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 it was strange. It was the ninth hour and, and it, suddenly it became dark everything and, and as this darkness came down uh, uh, everything became quiet across the whole city which meant I could hear what was going on on the hill I could hear Jesus cry out my God my God why have you forsaken me alone he's the one that Help me to see that I would never be alone with God. And, and just seemingly minutes after that, he cried out, Telestai! It is finished. And he died. I, I know some think that he said it is finished because that his body was giving up, that it was the end of his life and his, his life was finished. But <laughs> I know that word. I use that word oftentimes every day in my business. Tetelestai. 
I would stamp it on what people owed when they paid. Paid in full. Tetelestai. And on that cross, Jesus paid the debt in full. My debt. Obviously not his. He's done nothing wrong. He paid mine. Jesus didn't die for me only. I know sometimes we say, well, Jesus died for me. You know what? Let's get real. Jesus died instead of me. He paid the death penalty. All of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short. We know it. And the, only, and the penalty for that is eternal punishment out of the presence of God. And on that cross, Jesus took my place so that I could have a place with him. He took the punishment. And here's the thing. I don't know that really think about this. But Jesus took on the full wrath of God. Not just for me, not just for you, but for everyone who was, for everyone who is, and everyone who will be. Jesus took the punishment for all, forever. Which meant that he endured more than just physical pain from the crucifixion and death. There was so much more going on on the cross. And everything that I thought didn't add up, I was not considering God's math. I realized that Jesus had been telling us all along about what was going to happen and I guess I just, like others, chose to ignore it. In fact, even within the scriptures, I know that I looked, but I, I chose not to see the other parts, like in Isaiah, where he was despised, rejected by mankind of suffering, a man of suffering, familiar with pain. Surely he took up our pain, bore out our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, afflicted. But, he brought, but, but that punishment that was on him brought us peace, and by his wounds were healed. They took down his body the next day with Sabbath. We all hid together in an upper room, numb, shock, pain. And then some women came with, like, if things weren't already bad, these women came with his crazy talk about, they went where Jesus buried the stones, rolled away, and he wasn't there. And they didn't just see it with their own eyes, but they had the angels say, oh, they, they, yeah, right. Angels told them he's not dead. He's risen. He's alive. He's alive. Boy, I want to believe that, but it it just doesn't add up. I mean, when you subtract someone for that many days being dead, at least in my society, that was a sure thing. You were definitely dead. When you subtract that many days up, it doesn't add up to someone coming alive. But I always forget God's math. You got to put plus God in there. 
plus God. And Peter and John, they ran, and they ran to the tomb, and they saw for themselves. In fact, we all saw for ourselves because Jesus entered that room, that very room that we were in. He came. It, it was amazing to see He is alive. He is risen. He is risen indeed. We could only recognize this. I, I, I just want to tell my story, which is really his story. Whatever's not adding up in your life, you add God in. Jesus, who loves you so much, and what he did for you. Jesus, who, who defeated death and the devil. Hope is always a part of God's equation. So whatever goes on, whatever's going on in your life, it's not over yet. And he can write a new and different story. Just look at me. No one's gone too far. No one's done too much uh, beyond the reach of God. It's not about, uh, I recognize it wasn't about me trying to be a better person or just try harder because God's not, uh, Jesus wasn't trying to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. I got to tell you, my life was just dead. Because I know I am alive because he's alive. It's still true. It's still true for you. It's still true. The stone is rolled away. The tomb is still empty. And Jesus is still alive. Still changing stories. Writing new ones. Forever. Free. Forgiveness. Hope. Love. A love that is never gives up, but will give all to those who will receive him as Savior and Lord. Ask that. I believe you have a, a team that is coming to play a, a final song here. I just want to ask you today. Where's your story at? Do you need a new beginning? Do you need to make a 180 degree turn away from where you're going to where he wants you to be? Then for you to hear Jesus, like he said to me, for you to hear him call upon you right now to come and follow me. Can you hear those words? Just close your eyes for a moment. You see, here the words of Jesus say, come, follow me. To hear him call out your name. To come as you are and yet be changed forever. With the forever gift of eternal life. I'm going to pray here. I really want you just to think about where you're at. 
Maybe you've stayed away from God. Maybe you've strayed away from Jesus. And it's time to come back. Maybe the truth is you've never had him actually change your story completely. You've just been religious. And today is the day to say, I want to follow Jesus. And I'm turning around. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'd help us this day, recognizing that because you are risen, we can be risen. Because you're, because of you, we can have a new life, a forgiven life, a free freedom, hope, and love. But we have to turn to hear your voice and come towards you, Jesus. I ask that you forgive us. Forgive us for how we have fallen short, how we've failed you. We come to you. The one who will receive us, the one who tells us we'll never be alone. Oh, Jesus. Whether it be for the first time or for the time to renew our commitment to you right now, we come. Jesus, you are the Messiah. You are the Christ. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords. And we worship you. It's in your name we pray.